So this is the second Sunday of the month, and every second Sunday we do something special called This Is My Story, where we have a, a different member of Grace Life come and just share their testimony of how God has worked in their life. All of us have a unique, incredible story, yet we have a common thread of God's grace and his movement, his sovereignty, his plan working itself out. So this morning, we have one of our, uh, our elder nominees, Brent Carnathan, is going to be sharing with us, and then Tommy will come up after him. Tommy will read our scripture for us this morning. So if we could welcome Brent as he comes up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I'm uh, Brent Carnathan. My wife's Abigail, or Abby, sorry. Proper name's Abigail. Abby Carnathan. I've got five kids. Jack, Lainey, Atlin, Evie Kate, and Noah. So uh, that's my five that you might see running around here. I'm grateful for this opportunity to share my story, my testimony, God's story about me. Um, I'm grateful to be a part of a church that celebrates God's work in your life, um, God's work in each other's lives. That is a, a wonderful thing for a church to do. In fact, even Jesus himself reminds us that it's worth celebrating testimonies and God's work of redemption. He says in Luke, we know there's three parables uh, that talk about uh, when sinners come to repentance and, and saving grace of, of, uh, of, of God that says that there's even more, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner uh, who comes to repentance than over 99 righteous people uh, who need no repentance. So may we always celebrate uh, redemptive stories, testimonies um, of God's work in, in our lives. Um, my story, um, you know, our testimonies have so many different layers to them. Some, there's so many, so many uh, facets to them, so many details. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my story in this setting and so I'm going to hit some of the high points, and we're going to talk about just my salvation today. Um, as you know, a lot of our story, we could talk for hours and hours about all the things we can, that God's done in us. And in heaven one day, man, I don't know how long it's going to take just to see the tapestry and the work of God in our lives and just to unpack it all and just see how miraculous God was working in us the whole time, even when we had no idea. Uh, but I'm going to do my best to just uh, give you guys a synopsis, and I believe thoroughly that it's going to resonate with someone here today, maybe some ones, plural. Um, I used to have testimony envy. I used to think, man, I, my testimony's not cool like that guy, or it's just not some wonderful story like that girl, you know, and uh, the more I grow and learn, the more I see God's hand in my, my uh, salvation, <laughs> I have repented of that. It's, uh, it's becoming, it has, has become and is still becoming more and more miraculous to me. Um, I'll start at the beginning, 1979, Mississippi. I was born. Um, and uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, but I was raised in a small community called Furs, 300 people or so. It wasn't, ma wasn't many. It's rural, rural Mississippi. And... Um, I was an only child, so no jokes, please, uh, but I was an only child, and which means that as I was raised, I was around adults a lot, um, and I was in a rural setting away, you know, 20, 30 minutes away from town, so it's not like I had the, the kids next door to go play with. Um, my mom's a banker, 
My dad was a, um, a horse trainer slash farmer. So there's a lot of work uh, uh, with my young life. And so I was raised around adults and everything. And, you know, Mississippi, like all Bible, Bible Belt states, we get the misconception of being, oh, you know, it's just cultural Christianity. It's like easy to be a Christian in Alabama or Mississippi or Georgia or even Florida or whatever. I, it's more like there's cultural acceptance of Christianity. It's not like you're evangelized by the culture necessarily. In fact, you can learn very easily how to compartmentalize things and how to uh, live with a sense of finitus and, hey, I'm doing okay and I've got, you know, I've got everything under control and, yeah, I'm on Jesus' side. Uh, and that's one thing I noticed as I was a kid growing up was I did learn how to kind of compartmentalize things. But getting back to my story and, and me in particular, rural setting, by myself a lot, raised with adults, around adults, thinking adult ways, doing even adult things. Um, but I, I remember as a kid, it's uh, very unique to me. I remember, well, this was, un it's not unique to me, but it was, it was unique. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say it was unique to me. But I had a sense that God was real. Now, we, we were not a church-going family. Um, we didn't go to church. We went to church twice a year, Easter, Christmas. And occasionally I went to vacation Bible school. I think it was mainly just so my parents could get some free child care. <laughs> you know, um, but even at the youngest I could remember, God was real. There is a God. I knew that. I, don't, I still to this day, I don't know where that comes from. I do know where that comes from. But I, I, didn't, I don't remember a person that imputed that on me. God is real. He sees me. He knows me. And he was present all the time. Almost as if his watching eye. I could sense it. I didn't like that. I'm not, this is not the same as saying, oh, I believed in God. He loved me. Mm -mm. I'm not saying that. Because the older I got, the more I did not want that. The more, and we're, I'm, hey, I'm still five, six, seven, eight here. That's where we are in my story here, okay? I wanted to escape that. I wanted to, I, I remember feeling like, man, I wish, I wish that this reality wasn't real. I wish I could just kind of do my own thing, you know, on my own. And in fact, the older I got, the more I thought, man, I can't wait to be an adult so that I can basically do what I want. I remember thinking that. And so, my uh, young life was marked by, was, I, I remember the reality of God, and I was doing typical, I wasn't a terrible kid, and I wasn't a great kid, um, so I was just a typical kid, but I, you know, was on my way to being a worse kid, um, but uh, the older I got, um, you know, in my late single-digit years, uh, I, nothing outstanding happened or anything, and, um, but I will... I will bring you up to when I was age 11, um, I was off on a four-wheeler ride with my dad one time, and, and he pulled the four-wheeler off the trail, and he turned the key off and said, son, i got to talk to you. And he said, um, when we get back home, your mom's not going to be there. And um, I didn't know really what that meant. I hadn't never thought about separation or divorce. And he proceeded to kind of summarize what all that meant and 
and her stuff's not going to be there either. He kind of told me what was happening, and I did not realize all of this was happening, and so sure enough, I, I took it rather numbly. I, I just, you know, okay, I don't know. I was 11 going on 19 at the time. Um, benefits of being an only child, hanging around a bunch of adults all the time. Um, Sure enough, when we got home, I remember walking into the door. It actually kind of, I felt it. I didn't feel it when he told me. I felt it when I walked in the house. And sure enough, she was there. The car was gone. There was less stuff there. Her stuff was gone. And in the weeks that followed, less and less stuff, more and more of her stuff was leaving the house. So, oh, well, okay. Now, now there's that part in my life. Again, 11 years old. I'm not fully processing it. I'm really just still in my routine. Um, the next couple of years from 11, let's see, that would have been 92. Um, little did I realize, had no thought of anything of God other than I still had the thought that, okay, God knows this, he knew this, he sees this, he sees me, God is real. I had begun to develop a sense of not only was God real, but I had something that was not right with me. And I had not only a reality of God as a young kid, but I had a, um, I had a sense of judgment, to be honest with you. The things that I thought, the things I wanted to do, the things that I was even doing at a young age, things I didn't care for and the things I did care for, there was something, we'll use the word, corrupt about it. There was something not right about it. And I had that sense. I ultimately had a sense in my late single-digit and early double-digit years that I felt like I was against God, that I was antagonistic to God, that I was, the. I mean, honestly, I remember literally thinking, like, man, I feel like I'm at war with this God that I don't really know much about, but a God. I feel like there is a, a God that is over everything, and not only in my life, but this entire world. And it, and it, you know, very elementarily thinking, it better go his way, or else there's going to be judgment. So I didn't have, I didn't have a peace with God. And I knew that that wasn't a good place to be. I was antagonistic to him. I was at war with him. And I knew I can't stand before this God that I knew existed but knew very little about. I felt helpless. And I felt like, uh, you know, I didn't know what all this meant. And all I did was just know it and think it. I, I didn't know how to process it or whatever. But now with my parents separated... Something started happening with my mom. At first, my mom found um, she enjoyed her new sense of freedom. And, uh, but it wasn't, wasn't too long, about a year, year and a half later, that she found a community of believers that really befriended her. And she started hanging around with a new set of people, started attending a church. She got saved through all of this. Now, I wasn't around my mom very much. I was only visiting my mom Every other weekend, some days during the week, in Mississippi at age 11, you had a choice. You live with your dad or your mom. Where do you want to stay? I want to stay home. I stayed with my dad. So I didn't, I didn't see her very much. But I got the, I'll never forget the one day I got to, 
this notice issued to me by my mom. She's like, hey, if you're coming here on the weekends, by the way, you're going to be going to church. <laughs> I was laughed and chuckled. You know, by then I'm entering into, uh, you know, junior high and stuff. And you know what happens in junior high to particularly boys. And so um, I'm like, okay, whatever. And I was, you know, I was not a great student at the time. And um, on my way to much less wonderful things in just personal life. But so I started going to this church, West Jackson Street Baptist Church, Tupelo, Mississippi, that she had started uh, going to and became a part of this youth group that was there. It was a parent-led youth group. And at first, I was, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I love youth group. I'm not, I was not the kid that you wanted your kids to be in youth group with. Um, I wasn't. And like I said, there's different layers to everybody's testimony. We're not going to go into those layers, but I, um, I, was, I, was, not, I was not that kid. But, uh, you know, the things that they would speak to us kids about, these parents, um, in, in, those, in, in those days, it's not like I'm that old, but uh, we sep- they separated when it came time to talk. It was girls and boys. And these guys, these dads, um, as we were in youth group, and I was, you know, I didn't really want anything to do with this. I wanted to get over with so I can go and do what I wanted to do with whoever I wanted to do it with. But, man, things started just kind of chiseling away at me a little bit, I will admit. Too many little things to go into detail with right now, but I, things were chiseling away at me. And come to, you know, the year, it was early 90s when all that was happening, and in 1994, my mom, this, this Bible, gave she gave me this Bible for Christmas, was not, you know, okay, whatever. It's my first Bible, first Bible right here. You can see it's kind of messed up. It's got a bunch of highlights in it. Um, She'd given me that Bible, and one of these summers, that was 1994, and then the summer of 96, um, I went to a youth camp because I was now a part of, you know, I would say an established part of the youth group. I was a regular attender. So I go to uh, the youth camp that summer at Carson Newman College in Tennessee. It was a Rick Gage conference, if anybody remembers that name or knows what that is. Now, I don't remember at all. And I, and I went there, listen, it was, it was a, an opportunity to get away from some parental authority and just kind of have a little bit of freedom that I longed for as a kid. You know, I'm, I'm 96, so I'm 17 years old. I'm coming up on my 17th birthday at this point. Well, one afternoon session, don't know what day it was, don't know the date, I know where I was. One afternoon session, the speaker, don't know who the speaker was, don't even know what the topic was but I know the verse, and I got, I got struck by something because everything that I had ever wondered about, every question I had had, every unanswered question, every concern that I didn't have a resolution to got poured into one cup for me in this one verse. And I had to proverbially pull the car over Ever had that feeling in life? I just got to pull over for a minute. And it was Romans 5, 1 through 3. Um, If you want to turn there, you can. But it was this verse that caused me to have to go and get away and take everything in my young life and reconcile it to God. And... uh, Uh, Let me begin reading here. I've got this Bible right here. This is what I was holding. And I highlighted with my green highlighter at the time these verses. 
Romans 5.1, it starts out with therefore. Now, because it starts out with therefore, I'm just going to go one verse back at the end of 4. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, this is chapter 5, Romans 5. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And going further, it says, not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And it finishes, finishes up like this. And hope does not disappoint us because God... There he is right there. God, this hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That froze me. For the first time ever, this, this lack of peace that I knew I didn't have with a God that I could not do anything about and the ability to stand before him accepted and not ruined and condemned and just utterly destroyed, laid before me right here in these verses. And of course, it spoke to me also, you know, not only is we rejoice in our sufferings, man, by that time I'd really thought, man, it really stinks my parents are divorced. It really stinks. I miss the family. So much we could have done more. This literally put everything in a cup for me. And I, after that message, I missed the breakout session. I was still rebellious. All the kids went to talk and stuff. I went to be by myself. Nobody ever, I don't know if some, maybe, I'd like to think some parent probably like, you know, Brent's down there with his Bible open praying. I'm going to leave this alone. I would like to think that happened. I don't think that happened. But I'm sitting there, and I want to go back to Carson Newman College just so I can see this place. I was telling Abby that this past week. There's a pond there. There's some rocks next to this pond there on campus. I went down there and sat on a rock next to that pond, Bible open, highlighter in hand, reading this over and over and over. And, and man, I, I just, I remember talking out loud. I remember going back and forth with God, and I finally closed my eyes and said, God, I want to be at peace with you because I am here to tell you. I hadn't even read the rest of chapter 5 yet at this point, okay? And we, I'm here to tell you, I said, I don't want to be your enemy. I don't want to be against you because that is a losing battle. I knew that. I knew that. I don't know where that came from. I know where it came from. But that was in me from the beginning. And God, I want to have this peace and I realize it actually comes from you. <laughs> and I can't, I can't build it up. I can't gain it. I can't, can't earn it. It comes from you. I want to be able to stand before you. Um, as a side note, as I was praying there, I remember very particularly that God said to me, this is all great. 
Life's about to get a lot harder for you, though, Brent, because you are now going to know what what temptation is. You're now going to know more what sin is. For the first time in your life, you're going to have to start saying no to stuff Um, and yes to me. I remember thinking that's very particularly. And interestingly enough, as I opened my eyes, there sat a little blonde girl right below me whom I had befriended. She was a year ahead of me, a year older than me. I don't know where she was from. And I remember thinking, you're, God, you're right. And so it begins. The rest of my story from then till now is, you know, for another talk another day and the way that God has delivered me and helped me and been patient towards me and gracious to me and changed me and grown me. That's a different story. And that's, that is truly by God's grace. But man, I'm here to tell you, I, I believe, I lived it, I believe that, uh, I definitely believe in the sovereignty of God um, and that his will and his plan for your life cannot be changed, much less his plan for this entire world. It cannot be thwarted. There's no use in trying to fight it like I was trying to do. At that moment, man, I remember, man, I was in, I was in my high school years and I was, I felt that clenched fist with God, man, and in that moment, I, I lowered my hand, and I said, yeah, I, I can't win this one, and I'm not going to try anymore. In fact, I'm just on the wrong side. God, I, be, I believe in what you have, right there, I believed in what you provided for me in the death and in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take that right there, and I'm running with that. I'm not fighting anymore. That's what I chose to believe at that moment. I believe that even um, in some of the worst circumstances, God brings you, um, he, he will redeem all of those circumstances and he'll bring you right to the place where he actually wants you to be, even through some of the worst things. Um, and, you know, I hope today, that, that's, that's my story of salvation. And um, I hope today this resonated with some of you. And that's, that's, my, that's my prayer. God bless you all and thanks for listening and being patient. Thank okay.